Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Bucketeers podcast. I'm your host, Tampa Tones. We're welcomed in by Cody at the moment, then we're going to get more crew throughout the show. We got Bucko whipping up in the kitchen right now. He'll be bopping in shortly. We got Kat. He, he's probably going to float in. Then Stun is going to join us around the halfway mark as well in a program and update quick. Next Tuesday, or I should say this upcoming Tuesday, actually, Tuesday night, we'll have our Bucks Eagles playoff uh, wildcard weekend recap with JC Allen from Pewter Report. That'll be live at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. So we're looking forward to JC coming back on the show. JC Allen, one of the best in the business, once again, with Pewter Report. Front of the show has been on a couple times and he's got nothing but great takes. So we're looking forward to sitting down with JC in a couple days, hopefully recapping a victory against the Eagles. But nonetheless, we're back in the playoffs. It feels like we were just here last year. And ironically enough, we played someone from the same division last year as well. Last year was Washington football team. So, and we were on the road this year. We got lucky enough to poach the two seed. It was a uh, dramatic finishes all around the NFL. And the, it was one of the craziest weekends of all time. But this year kind of reminded me of last year where we didn't get the one seed, but we ended up getting the seed that was beneficial for us last year that, you know, five seed was very beneficial playing Washington football team. Uh, you know, you never take any game for granted. This year it was beneficial because we jumped to the two seed, especially we're missing some weapons. So those two potential home field games. And then if Packers get upset, turns into three, that could be crucial. Kind of opposite mission last year. We're trying to play at home. And then as time goes on, we'll go on the road. Last year was road, 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 home. So we'll see what's going on anyways in the Bay. But nonetheless, Bucketeers podcast, we're live on our YouTube. We're live on Bucks Life Media, Facebook as well, and my Facebook. So you can find us a number of places. We'll answer questions from Twitter tonight as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little John Brown. We got some injury talk as well. We're going to talk X's and O's with Cody and then Bucko if he joins as well. And then score predictions, player of the game, and one big thing or walk off. And we plan and heading out of here around the top of the hour. Whew, without further ado, Cody, my friend, how the hell are we feeling for playoff week? How are you? Familiar opponent, but um, playoffs is always a little bit of unfamiliar territory each and every year. Yeah, I'm excited. And um, I, I mean, yeah, we got lucky with the first, not to take anything from Philly, but, you know, it's a game we should win. Obviously, I'd really play Philly over like, you know, Arizona or somebody like that. So, yeah, I'm pumped. Can't wait. Yeah, it should be good, too, because, uh, you know, the way, although we should have Levante David coming back sooner than later, but the way the Eagles have been running the ball and the way the Bucks have been playing the run the past couple of weeks, that could be something to keep an eye on, especially with weather. Um, you think the rain would play a factor at all if it is uh, indeed going to rain? I, I, I've seen some signs of rain for 1 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, I hate the forecast. I know Bucko and I talked about it in the group chat. He wasn't worried about it, but, I mean, we're past first team. You know, any quarterback, any wide receiver will tell you in the rain, it's harder to throw and catch the football. They want to run the football. They don't want to throw the football. So, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be the difference in the game or anything, but I think that makes what we want to do harder and what they want to do easier, you know. So, and as far as the run, to me, that they're the number one rush defense. Um, I don't want to say we're overrated on run defense, but we're not as good as we were like last year, the year before that. Um, the last couple of weeks, we have been getting torn up outside of the tackles, but I think part of that's missing um, 
you know, Shaq, JPP, and um, Levante David. So that should definitely help with that. But that's my only concern with them. It, if we can get up and make him beat us with his arm, especially if the weather's bad, he, he's not going to beat us with his arm. So hopefully we can just get out to a two-score lead, something like that, and I think we should be fine. And I agree with you there for sure. I am, um, you know, I'm not going to say the weather is not going to be a factor because that that pretty much, you know, you, you never know when the weather's a factor. You, you could assume it won't be, and then next thing you know, you go to hand the ball off and it slips away or you go and yeah. try play action. And even when you have Tom Brady, we've seen weird throws happen with Brady even if it's not for the rain. So, you know, Nothing against our guys. I have the utmost faith in him as well, but I'd feel a lot more. I'm, I'm going to feel confident either way, but my confidence would highly rise if it wasn't raining that day because we could out throw the heck out of the Eagles in that one. And they're run first team, as we keep mentioning. So the rain probably wouldn't affect them as much. But um, I, I will say last time we we squared off uh, against these guys in, in the playoffs, uh, we know what happened. Uh, we shut down the vet, the jersey behind you. Uh, you know, it, what, he, Mr. Rondé Barber had a big part of that. So we're hoping the jersey next to him behind you might have a big part in this one. What say you and Mike Evans' odds of having a big game come Sunday? Um, I would imagine he's going to get most of the attention, has Slay on him. So not to say he's not going to have a big game, but I'm expecting Gronk to have a big game. But um, going back to the rain talk um, – the game that stood out to me was the Patriots. Patriots are much better defense than Philly. I don't want to compare the defense, but if you go back and watch that game, there was a lot of bad throws from Tom and a lot of drops. We had a, and that's just how it is in the rain. So, you know, again, not saying we can't get it done. Maybe it won't be, you know, raining too bad or whatever. But so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm thinking it's going to be more of a Gronk and a Lenny type game, to be honest with you. And Marcos weighs in. He says, wasn't Levante David out the first time we played the Eagles? You are correct, Marcos, because Cody and I were at the game along with Laura Emad. Hello, Laura. Um, anyways, we were at the game. We were watching the game, and Levante went down. Uh, that game against Miami was cool, fun, because we beat up on him. But I think we, uh, you know, suffered a Levante injury, and I think maybe another one if I'm not – I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, And Levante ended up missing Thursday's game, obviously. Oh, Antonio Brown, well – God bless, but he missed Thursday's game too because he ended up getting banged up at the end of that one. So as fun as that Miami's game was, we did uh, go into Philly Thursday night without Levante. So you are right. Thursday we were without Levante. But, um, yeah, I think Lenny F. Uh, could have a big game if he comes back. The thing is, Lenny F.'s coming back from injury. Levante's coming back from injury. So we're not quite sure how impactful these guys could be yet. Uh, Cody, what say you on Levante, David? We know he missed the first time around. We know he should be, or people are hoping he should be back this game. But even if he plays, he's missed a couple weeks now. He's a little banged up. Do you think we're going to get the hundred percent Levante, David? I don't, and I'm from everything I'm hearing. It sounds like Bruce has said he's going to be like, like I'm not even sure he plays. To be honest with you, Bruce said last I heard that he's going to come right down to the wire. He said he feels good about Geo. Um, basically everybody but Levante. So, and then, you know, again, we beat him once without him before. And as far as the off tackle rushes, having JPP and Shaq setting the edge, no disrespect to the other guys playing, but you know, those, those two are starters for a reason. They're great pass rushers and also great against the run. And, you know, running up the middle of it versus us with Golston, Sue, Vea, that's, that's not easy. So, 
Um, we, I don't think we have to have Levante this game, but you certainly want to. He'll he'll definitely make things much easier. Yeah, I agree there. And uh, Levante is essential to the run defense. Like you said, getting JPP back should help too. Um, you know, he wasn't himself when he was playing this year. The man is a warrior. He's playing through a crap load of injuries. But nonetheless, getting a guy like him back, Shaq back, Levante back, that should shore it up. But even if we don't get Levante back, if we just get Shaq and JPP back, like you said, I we have the weapons up the middle with Golston, Sue, Vea. So hopefully those three do their job. Shaq and JPP could benefit uh, the gaps enough. Nothing against JTS, but you could tell a lot of potential, but he's flailing a little bit on some run plays that come his way. I think JPP and Shaq do a little bit better job of shoring up the outsides on that run. And they'll have Jalen Hurts. Um, that'll be interesting. Who, who do you think handles Jalen Hurts' duties if Levante David is out? Do you think we throw Minter kind of as a Jalen Hurts guy, or do you think that's Devin White's job? If Levante's out, I hope we play more three safeties. Bring either um, Edwards or uh, Whitehead down in the box. I would rather one of them spy him. Minter. No offense to, to Minter, but he hasn't been good. Like the last couple games, he, you know, I think it's just age has just caught up with him. That you know, maybe it's just you know, bad couple games. I don't know, but I would at least like to play with some some three safety looks. I think that's to me that's how you get your best your best players on the field. You know, Edwards is too good to have on the bench, especially over Minter. Again, no disrespect to Minter, but Edwards is a playmaker. Every time he's out there, he makes plays. So I would much rather see that personally. Yeah, I heard a um, stat or I heard a quote from the coach the other day. It was like, if a ball's in the air, they know Edwards is going to get it. If a ball's on the ground, they know that Winfield's going to end up with it. So they said they're uh, good either way. And I agree, Edwards, I'd love to see him play more. We've seen him make a sick play in the backfield against the Falcons at home this year when he did uh, bat the ball in the air, get the interception, get a pick six. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy who knacks a big play. And, um, you know, it seems to be beneficial when Edwards is on the field. And I think we do have one of the best safety rooms, if not the best safety room in the league. I mean, we have Whitehead, we have Winfield, and we have Edwards. And then Adams, we've seen him make plays time to time. He loves playing Carolina, it seems. Yeah. Adams is an INT magnet against the Panthers especially. Uh, got one last week, had a three-interception game against him before Marco ways back in um we do appreciate you hanging out with us tonight as well marcos i agree about the safeties because minters looked off and definitely much slower the thing with minter is he's one of those guys where you say kevin minter he's a great backup right well at the end of the day what is a great backup because then he comes in to start and then you get a little bit worried so he's one of those guys who you know he could come in a ball game he could start because he started before he started for ba before but when we've seen him start here this defense has gotten a little bit worse and we've seen that against the washington football team last year first round taylor heineke came out of the woodworks it's no coincidence where he ran pretty well he threw pretty well mentor had to start that game because of COVID. and now you look all these years later um, there, there were points and times where Minter looked slow and sluggish. So to me, it would benefit if we had Edwards primarily, or even Adams here and there in as a third safety, um, playing a little ball hawk D or up in the box D if you want to try and shut down Hertz or uh, limit Hertz. And Michael joins us now on the conversation. Thank you as well, Michael, for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. 
Cody, what say you? He says we need JPP, Shaq, and LD to stop the outside run. That's how the Jets are in on us. That's what we just said, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. The, the big runs versus, uh, versus have been off tackle. Um, you know, Shaq and JPP, JPP, is he's hurt. He, he, you know, no disrespect to him. He's one of the greatest ever. He's been hurt this year, but if there's one thing he can still do, he can set the edge. Long arms, you know, he's he might not be getting the sacks like he used to, but he can definitely set the edge. And then Shaq, you know. He's just an all-around great player. He's known for his sacks, but he's just as good in run defense. So those two are huge. And then, yeah, Levante to clean up behind him, it's just, you know, it, it, it's huge. But having those two back without Levante, to me, can still work. So, you know, if it was all of them out, I would be much more worried. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you said, at, at the very least, we know uh, Levante – or. Levante might not be back, but we know the other guys will be back. So like you said, if they were all uncertain, if we were wishy-washy on the status of the three, then then it may cause, uh, you know, room for panic. But now, with at least a couple of them coming back, it does make you feel better. It, it, it does give you some, uh, you know, sense of security. So we do have another question coming in from Twitter, it looks like. Let me uh, pull it up here, if possible. Um trying to locate it it's from pops from twitter i'm gonna copy and paste it in the chat a little too long for youtube chat but it it does flow over so i'll I'll read it off my phone since it's the entirety of the thing but i'll post it here we all realize our defense played lights out in the playoffs last year and lead us to super bowl victory do we feel that we are up for the challenge again this year based on where we are right now coming into the playoffs the thing with this bucks team is and I'll let Cody weigh in here next, but I feel like with uh, all these leaders we have around, we're always up for the challenge, uh, you know, whether how many guys are down, whether if we're on the road, the weather conditions, but with Tom Brady and Gronk on offense specifically, then you even throw in Mike Evans, Ryan Jensen, guys like that. And then on the defensive side of ball, you have Jason Pierre, Paul, and Dominican Sue. You got big guys like that, Levante David, even Devin White. Um, you know, they say he's a pretty good leader out there. So there's guys all over the place that you have up for the task, up for the challenge, to be a leader, to step up and to make plays. And when you look at the defense, you, you do have your star power. You do have your veteran leaders. Um, last year, the young guys stepped up. You had SMB get an interception every playoff game pretty much. You had Winfield um, make the big peanut punch against the Saints. That's a lasting image in a lot of fans' heads. You had Vita Vea come back on one leg in the playoffs last year and really help out um you know that defense as well as we have bourbon bucko joining us we'll ask him on his thoughts here in a little bit we'll let him settle in but cody what say you i think our defense or our team anytime anywhere can live up to the challenge rise to the top and uh you know come up clutch what say you on the state of our defense heading into the playoffs do you think we can have a repeat defensive performance that we've seen us uh get propelled to the super bowl with last season well, I think we're going to have to. You know, we scored 30-plus last game, but that was with Godwin and, you know, A.B. So, and A.B. didn't play every game, but we, we were a lot more healthy. So, I think it's asking a lot to, you know, of our offense to score 30-plus a game. So, I think our defense is going to absolutely have to step up to win the Super Bowl. Um, Do I think we can? Yeah, I, I do. Like you said, last year, SMB, and I hope everyone knows, I'm not, like, trying to – I love all our Bucks players. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but 
SMB and Devin White were shaky at best last year during the regular season. Devin White, not so much. He had a lot of splash type plays, but there was a lot of bad too. And then this year it's been much of the same, but they both stepped up in the playoffs last year. So, you know, hopefully they do again. Hopefully somebody else does, you know, this, this game's big. I expect a big playoffs from Shaq this year. And, um, you know, guys like Levante, the leaders, I think they know, you know, you don't get many opportunities like this to have a team like this with Tom Brady be at home in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think they can step up and I think they will. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you got guys looking around thinking this ain't going to last forever. I mean, think about it like this. JPP could retire just like that. We, we probably won't even have him back next year. Sue could retire. Gronk could easily not come back. Brady, I know he's under contract, but he's at the age where, you know, Giselle says, hey, it's time for you. We have a lot of great players, a lot of star power, but these guys are snap away from retiring. You know, we just named four of our best players, JPP, Sue, Gronk, and Brady, who could all be retired, you know, within 12 to 24 calendar months. It's kind of wild, um, you know, just how that works. And before we bring in Bourbon Bucko and A-Cats, as Cats is joining us as well. We got a couple uh, people watching on Facebook who we want to give special shout-outs to. The Leprechaun, uh, Pat Hederman, we appreciate you tapping in and joining us. Uh, kind of you. We appreciate your viewership tonight. And then Jesus Montavo, my man from work, my co-worker, giving us a bunch of love on Facebook, giving a lot of thumbs up. So we appreciate the love. Leprechaun, Jesus, we do appreciate it. Mr. Bourbon Bucko, um, first off, how do your things go? Did you get the food settled, the children settled, everything good to roll? They're all in the baths right now. I got the wife uh, handling that. You know how it goes, man, just ripping and running during the week. You know, I always love to uh, take some time out with you fellas. But, uh, yeah, man, fun shit. Let's go. Hey, we appreciate you uh, joining us. Um, you know, we really do appreciate it because everyone's so pinched on dang time. And, uh, yeah, you know, especially with um, all those children. So we appreciate it, Bucko. Mr. Katz, I know the lightning are on. I know that's always, uh, you know, a little bit of a coin flip if we'll get you on lightning nights. We appreciate you being able to join us. Oh, well, I'm multitasking, so that's why you can't see me, because if I have my camera on, I can't watch the game while I'm talking to you all. So I'm doing a little bit of both. Hey, well, you got to keep us posted. You got to let us know the score. Um, it's one you nothing know. ball. Stammer How scored a power play goal, so it's one nothing. And I knew I should have put money on Stammer to score tonight. I put a little bread on Hedman because his odds were a little more, you know, they paid the pocket a little more, but... I have the well, defensemen don't score as much, certainly. So I've still got some game to go. So you know, it's been a little while since he last scored one. So hey, you, you might have you might have a chance there. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, let, let's just say those bucketeers tees could get made a little faster this time around. If that, no, it, uh, you know, not not a life changing bet, but not, nonetheless. We have a guy who came, uh, you know, just like you two came in a little late to the episode, no big deal. We have a guy who came a little late to the Bucks, John Brown. John Brown is joining us. Uh, will he make an impact? We don't know. But what I do know is we are his fourth landing spot this season. What I do know, he's played with Bruce Arians before. And what I do know, Smoke Brown has been a pretty productive deep threat, you know, when he's had effective quarterback play. So, there's a couple different ways how I feel about this, uh, how, how me and my pops are talking where 
we think it's a good sign and just based on, you know, the injuries, the COVID, everything that could happen, at least you have a veteran who you could throw in the game. He's kind of like a Brashad Perriman. You're not going to feel completely dead with the guy if you throw him in the game. Nothing against John Hurst, uh, practice squad wide receiver, but you see the kind of difference there. Bucko, we'll start with you here. Smoke Brown, uh, thoughts on that? Anything to think of it or kind of just one of those things? Yeah. Man, I mean, you can always use speed. You can always use a veteran presence in the wide receiver group, given what we've had to go through this year. But my only hope with John Brown is that they give him number 81. That's the only thing that I want to see. Uh, I want him to run around with number 81. I was just going to say next, um, not Corey Hayes, <laughs> but our buddy Cody Haynes actually tweeted um, he will be wearing number 89. And, and he said the same thing. He's like to end any Antonio Brown, uh, John Brown number sharing speculation. He'll be not wearing number eighty nine. Yeah, well, that that's unfortunate. Not, I thought that would have been fun if he wore eighty one. That would have been great. I mean, it would have been the ultimate troll job by Jason Light and Bruce. And I, I wanted it. You know what I mean? But I guess I guess some of us got to be professionals. Good thing I don't run the team because I'd be petty. <laughs> Should have gave him some good incentives too. Uh, Cody, what say you on uh, bringing in John Brown and uh, him not wearing 81? Well, I'm with Buck. I wish he wore 81. But as far as bringing him in, I mean, who else are you going to find this time of year? Like, hopefully we don't need him. But, you know, it's a veteran deep threat. He's familiar with Bruce, so he might know some of the terminology offense. And if he has got anything left, he, he did run like a 4-3-2 or a 4-3-4 green. That was a while ago. But if he has anything left, Brady can get it out of him. I'm, I'm confident of that. He's, he's a veteran, can pick up the playbook pretty quick. Hopefully we don't need him. But if you do, I'd rather him over someone off the practice squad. So, I don't know, good signing. Yeah, I, I agree. And that that's what me and my, my pop said as well. Um, you know, one of those things where he, he can come up. Who else are you going to sign this time of year? So couldn't agree more. Cats, what say you? Yeah, I mean, it's fine signing him. It's, you know, and I know he is familiar with, with Arians' offense. Uh, the problem, I guess, is, you know, so so late now in the year, well, in the playoffs already, you know, how is it, how quick can you integrate him? But if needed... Uh, I think he's, you know, it's good to go out and get a guy for depth purposes if you do need him. But I just don't anticipate him dressing this week, or if he does, having much of an impact. Uh, if he does dress, I hope I'm wrong, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, he might just stay on – he might not even be elevated this week. But if he – you know, like you said, if he does dress, hopefully he does perform or produce. And I was listening to WDAE all week, and, you know, I, I think I agree with them when they kept saying that, uh, we need a lot of these guys to step up, and it's not about quantity. It's about quality. We don't need eight catches for 32 yards from a guy like Scotty Miller. We need two plays in the game where you think, okay, Scotty Miller did this in this game. That made a difference, whether it's a score and play, a 50-yard catch, something big time where these guys step up instead of you know them just getting a bunch of dink-donk here and there, one yard, two yard, where it doesn't really matter. But we did have a question from Facebook before we keep stumbling as well. Uh, you know, you might get some bias here on this question. You might, you might not, but our buddy Jesus Montavo goes Super Bowl predictions. Does anyone even have him yet, or is it too early? Cats will start with you. If you have one, what is your Super Bowl prediction? Also, shout out to Dylan Satch and uh, Kevin Hogan for tuning in as well. We do appreciate it. But, Katz, any Super Bowl prediction to this point? 
I'm gonna no, I'm gonna defer on that for now. Nothing right now. Too soon. Yeah, I don't blame you, Bucko. I mean, I, 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 it's way too early. But if you you put a gun to my head and you tell me to pick the Super Bowl right now, I'm gonna go Bucks Titans. Yeah, I like that one. And uh, you know, running backs are coming back, right? Lenny F. Derrick Henry, big part of the playoffs. Both of those guys probably. Um, I hard to argue that one. Tennessee top seed, Bucks the two seed, but tied for the top seed. So I like that one. Uh, Cody, what say you? Uh, Super Bowl prediction? Or are you going to kick? Uh, Bucks for sure. And then I would go Chiefs or Titans. I said Bills at the start of the year, but I'm not sure the Bills are going to get past. I think they play Saturday. I'm not sure they're. That game's supposed to be like zero degrees, 30-mile-an-hour win. We saw what happened last time. It was those conditions. They're playing the Patriots. Patriots are built for that much better than the Bills are. So, yeah, I don't know. The Bills have looked off this year. The Chiefs, they looked terrible at the start of the year. I know they lost like a game or two here recently, but they had a good stretch there, and they are playing good defense. They're winning on defense. So, And that team, that you know, they're battle-tested. They lost the Super Bowl, but they also won. They made it twice. They won a ton of playoff games, so. Yeah, I could see the Chiefs or Titans sneaking in. Here, you know, I I have a different take. I have a different thought. I have a different opinion. And I do think realistic, if I'm a betting man, you know, Chiefs or Titans are definitely the top two teams. Although before the season started, I had Buffalo, Tampa for the second year in a row. That was my prediction. Now, if I was a betting man, I would throw money on Kansas City or Tennessee along with Tampa. Although, I guess you can make an outside argument for a couple other teams. But I'm going to have fun here. I'm going to go Super Bowl rematch. Why not Raiders-Bucks? And I know Raiders have quite the uphill battle to climb. Their roster is not that great. But the stories that Raiders fought this year, John Madden passing away, Um, all that off-the-field bull crap they dealt through, just all these demons that they've had to climb, and then their chances of making the playoffs were literally at less than 3% two weeks before the season ended. And then they had to win that. So not saying the Raiders are going to make it there by any means. I'm just saying that's what I hope to see. Um, that's what I'd like to see. And I like Rick Bisaccia, right? Bisaccia, special teams coordinator who uh, spent his time here in the Bay, finally has his chance. And now – now he's coaching this team. And you get the idiots out there who keep saying, oh, you know, Raiders had coach open and it's an appealing one. Well, they're still in the playoffs. Versace could easily win a game. And what are you going to do? Are you really going to let him walk if he if he brings him to the playoffs and if, uh, you know, he, he wins a playoff game? And, you know, I know they got Cincy. I know it's going to be a tough, tall task round one. But I love seeing Raiders bucks. But obviously um, – uh, uphill battle to climb for that. So we'll, we'll get now to the injury wire and uh, IR wire and some other news going a- around those fronts. Uh, Richard Sherman head into the IR. This is his second stint on the IR, which does mean that'll end his season. And uh, we've seen him coaching today at practice, and we've also seen him coaching it up at other points in time this year. So, Cody, we'll start with you here. First off, big deal that Sherman is out for the playoffs. And second off, um, you, you think we see him coaching not only throughout this year, but here again in Tampa in the near future? Um, I don't think it's a big deal. He's out throughout the play. I mean, he 
you know, he came in and tried. I respect it. It was, it was a great, you know, it was, it was a great idea to try it. His, his body has literally just given up on him. You know, I, it is what it is. Somebody it comes different times for different people, but that signing was still worth it. You know, Bruce talked about it the other day. He's had an, a, an amazing effect on the younger guys. We still got a young secondary, like not even just the corners, the entire secondary is relatively, relatively young. So you bring a, like, an established, well-respected veteran who's also one of the best, one of the better corners ever, into the room. It's you know, and for like a million bucks, one point two million, like that's that's money well spent. He can still help. So him being on the sideline, you know, Super Bowl experience, playoff experience, he's been every, you know, seen everything. Great signing. Um, no, I don't think it'll affect us on the field, but great signing. As far as in the future, I guess it just depends on him. Does he want to coach or does he want to do something else? I, I wouldn't rule it out. And I, I'm, I'm just like you, Cody. I'm a firm believer in I, – I, I hate – you know, and it, it's funny, right, because I was kind of like, eh, should we bring in Sherman at first? And then the injuries pile up. I wanted him here. And now you got all these idiots on Twitter and all these clowns on Facebook saying, oh, Sherman took our money and ran, oh, blah, blah, blah. No, he didn't. Do you guys literally know what we expected of him? We signed him. He practiced for, what, two practice sessions – he played a couple days later, pretty much 100% of the snaps he was playing. You, you, you know how hard that is to go off of football that long, coming off of injury, barely practicing, barely stretching out. And I know you keep warm at home, but that ain't the dang same. Then the next week, he played almost 100% of snaps again. And then he got injured a couple plays into the following game on uh, Thursday night football. But then you fast forward, he had a key turnover against Buffalo interception. And now he's coaching, and like you said, throughout the season, his veteranship has been there with our young guys, and we've seen it. To me, we've seen it before our eyes with Dean and SMB at times. Some of the moves they're trying to pull off, some of the um, things they do in the secondary reminds me of Sherm Dog. So, yeah, I think it's more than worth it. And I do hope he coaches with Tampa. We've seen it before. We've seen AQ Shipley go from player to coach. We know Thad Lewis is here. Antoine randall and, oh, Byron Leftwich, too. So I think it's very possible. Cats, what say you? Um, big deal or no deal for Sherm heading to IR? I don't think it's a huge deal losing him, but I still think it was worth bringing him in. And then uh, do you think we see him coaching here in the Bay one day? Yeah, uh, not a big deal that he's going on IR. I mean, I wish him well, of course. You know, I didn't expect him to be playing anyway uh, in the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I think it was a good signing. I know he didn't play a lot of games for us, but his leadership is invaluable in the locker room, especially when you have a secondary as young as ours. And I think he has had a positive impact uh, on them. So, yes. And now as far as his future, uh, I don't – I could see, given how he's taken the initiative uh, as basically a coach, it makes me think he would be interested in coaching in the future. And if he does, I hope it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be fun. Uh, I'd lead to believe that a large part of him being brought here, that was the thought. Same with A.Q. Shipley. Same with guys that Bruce has done that for in the past, with Randall L., so on and so forth. Uh, guys that want that next step into coaching, Bruce has always been known to, as the guy to give guys opportunities. So I, I wouldn't be far-fetched to believe that that was part of the uh, understanding of bringing him here. 
And we could see guys like Randall L. and Larry Foote and Shipley and maybe even Sherm eventually grow into the left witches of the world and get coordinator gigs. But Bruce is very good at getting players into the coaching world if they want to be. And he's very good at elevating uh, their coaching skills. And then, you know, from IR to return, you look, you got JPP coming back, Shaq coming back, potentially Levante coming back. And then you got Lenny F coming back, Gio Bernard coming back. I mean, fellas, the boys are coming back. Um, we got Pinion back a short time ago. So we're starting to get decently healthy at the right time. Bucko, we'll start with you here. Biggest guy coming back for the Bucks. You think it's Lenny F in the ground game? You think it's Shaq or JPP on the outsides? Or you think it's potentially Levante up the middle? Well, you know, as I stated last week, Levante is the most important key to the defense. Uh, he makes it go. It really covers up a lot of errors that we're missing there as far as the youth in the in the secondary and the and the lack of depth at linebacker. I think Levante is very important there. But Lenny F on the other end is just as important, especially with Rojo still being banged up, whether it be, you know, he's butt hurt more so than actually being hurt. Uh we don't know the, the ins and outs with that, but you know, pitting out the palace, right? Bum. So anyway, uh, yeah, Lenny F is uh Lenny F is very important. Levante David equally is important. I, I think both of those are key factors in this football game. Yeah, and real quick, what a what a week for the clown squad. You had A B hanging in a room with oh, look like you you lose brain cells walking in that room. You got Kanye West in there. You got whoever the hell else is in there. Uh, Floyd Mayweather was in there. Then you got Kodak Black, A B's buddy, in the Panthers game, banging it around and. Uh, you know, doing his thing. So just clowns doing clown things. And, uh, you know, true true people show their true colors when uh, things get tough. And perhaps Rojo shouting out um, an A-B song is the last time he surfaces in Tampa. We'll see if he could play on the field and help us just as he did last year. We haven't seen it much this year. Cats, what say you? We'll throw Levante out here because, you know, that seems to be the easy choice. But out of Shaq, JPP, Gio Bernard or Lenny F, who you got is the big dog, and who's your most important player returning for the playoffs? Yeah, out of the rest of them, I'm going to go with Lenny as well. He's a big part of our offense, not just in the running game, in the passing game as well, and that's something you miss when he's not in there is that ability to check the ball down or even run routes with, with your running back. None of the other guys that we've been playing, uh, no disrespect, Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell have gotten some time in. But Lenny's a big part of our offense. So, yeah, other than Levante, I would rank him at the top. Cody, what say you? You think Lenny F as well will rule out Levante since, you know, he's he's the main dog. And I guess he, he he's not guaranteed to come back. So it's not fair to have him in this vote anyways. So are you going to go with Lenny, Geo, Shaq, or JPP? Um, yeah, I'd go Lenny for the same reasons, but Shaq's big too. Set the edge, get some pressure on Hurts, assuming he tries to throw this week. And, you know, definitely next week, it's it's going to be whoever we play after this week is going to be a real quarterback. So, yes, you know, they're all big, but since I can't go Levante, we all agree on Lenny. I, I would say Shaq's definitely next and close behind. Yeah, and the importance of Shaq getting to the quarterback in the run game everything and i will say although you know lenny f is obviously the big one i will show love to both jpp um and geo bernard more so jpp as well because jpp his energy is always 
through the dang roof. And he is undefeated in the postseason in his career. So he has some element to him where he gets the guys focused, himself focused in postseason mode. And uh, he's 8-0. and Hopefully he can go 9-0. and So I'm, I'm looking forward to him all coming back. And then you got Gio coming back. We've seen a couple of his best plays when we were live at the game against Miami. Um, he, he's just a heads-up football player. His awareness is really high. So it's always a good thing of having a veteran running back like Gio Bernard coming back. Just in case if Lenny F isn't 100% yet, you need to spell him sometime. Rojo's still banged up or butthurt one or the other. And then Vaughn is still a young guy, and Bell is still an old guy. Not really an old guy, but, you know, not in the best football shape perhaps, even though he looks good. He's moving a little slow. So it's always good to have a guy like Gio Bernard around. We do have another question um, from Twitter pouring in. Do you think the Bucks will tweak their offense with the loss of two main wide receivers and go like three tight ends spread on one out and use Scotty more? Uh, Cody, we'll give this one to you. Do you think we'll see more three tight end formations? Do you think we'll see Scotty Miller more like we did at the end of the Panthers-Bucks game as he ended up being our leading rusher? This is a good segment into our X's and O's um, edition of the segment anyways. So what say you? Do you think we'll see three tight ends more? Uh, do you think we'll see different packages in offense more? Or Scotty Miller, what do you think? I hope so. Do I think so? It's, I mean, it's hard to say. I think we will see Scotty more than we've seen him. I, and I almost wonder, I think, you know, banged up was part of it, but I almost wonder if they haven't held him back like a secret weapon type. You know, he went off in the playoffs last year. Um, I don't know. I, I really hope Byron has some wrinkles, some, some wrinkles we haven't seen or seen much of. I don't have high hopes. He hasn't shown me a whole lot of creativity this year, so maybe they've been holding back, maybe not, but I, I hope so. I do hope so. Bucko, what say you? You think any creativity is up our sleeve on offense? Do you think O.J. Howard might pop out with some plays? Do you think Scotty Miller gets used more? I, I agree with Cody. Maybe we were hiding him. I know he's still a little, quote-unquote, banged up with that toe, but he looked pretty dang fast and efficient on the ground in week 18 against Carolina. Do you think Scotty Miller repeats his playoff magic, or do you think we got any other offensive magic? He, he did look pretty damn fast on the, on those two end arounds. Actually, um, you know, uh, Scotty Miller, we know what he brings. We know he's, a, he's that one element, right? But the fact that we haven't used him in that regard since he's come back from that injury at all tells me they're either holding back a lot of stuff or – Maybe Byron really likes that creativity. I mean, we really hope we see some creativity. We're going to need it. We're going to need to scheme some guys open. Tyler Johnson's not a proficient route runner yet. Rashard Perriman kind of never has been one of those. Uh, so we're really going to have to scheme some stuff up like they did on that Perriman play. They 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 fanned everybody out with Gronk and, and Mike Evans and occupied the safeties and left Perriman one-on-one. We're going to have to do a lot of stuff like that. I'm really hoping, you know, 13 personnel is going to be a, a large part of what we do. You know, using the extra tackle wells and, and, and fails, things of that nature to, to free up the running game. But, yeah, we need creativity. We need some different formations, and I think that they've been holding stuff back. You have to with the with the way we've started off games. And I know, uh, you know, this is wishful thinking. He hasn't been the same since his injury, but kind of going along the lines of holding Scotty Miller back, I maybe hope that we see – a little vintage O.J. Howard wheel route, perhaps. You know, he's had a couple good-looking wheel routes in his 
uh, days in Tampa where sometimes he was wide open somehow. Maybe we have a nice route set up for OJ where he gets to the outside or maybe in the red zone he plays a role. Between Scotty and OJ, I'm really hoping one of them come on pretty strong because at the end of the day, we brought OJ back for a reason and he really hasn't shown us much this year. So, whether- and, 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 and a little tidbit there in, in reference to the Eagles specifically, they give up the most yards to tight ends than any team in football. So it would make a lot of sense to use multiple tight ends and to target multiple tight ends because their linebackers are, you know, they're like Barrett Roods. They're chasing tackle guys. They're not playmakers. You know what I mean? So uh, the tight ends are, are very useful against these, these Eagles. Right. What and was I, his best game this year versus the Eagles earlier? He had, he had a touchdown, yep. a couple plays. He had a screen, I think, a big screen that might have been called back. I don't remember. But it seemed like that's the only game I even remember OJ really doing anything this year was versus the Eagles. His best yeah. game of the year was by far against the Eagles this year. Yeah, they struggle at covering the tight end. And, uh, I mean, the, if you take out the last six minutes of that game where we kind of took our foot off the gas, we really dominated that football game. I think they had – you know, 150 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I, I don't see us struggling with this team, but we're, we're going to have to, you know, utilize our weapons a little bit more creatively. Yeah, before we get into uh, some X's and O's talk quick, then score predictions, MVPs, and bounce out. Cats, what say you on, um, you know, will we see anything different? Will we see uniqueness in Bucko alluded to? Philly Evan, uh, porous linebacker core for coverage. They're more of run tacklers, bare rude style. Do you think we right. take advantage of that, or do you think uh, you know it's some middle offense? Yeah, I think as I recall in that earlier meeting, the Eagles don't want to give up the big play. That's their mo. Uh, so you have to be patient, and we know Tom Brady's willing to do that. And yes, the tight ends. Should be featured. Now, teams, of course, as we, you know, Tony Romo was talking about, you know, given who's not available for us anymore, teams are going to do a lot to take Evans, of course, away, and Gronk as well. So it would be nice to see them try to integrate O.J. Howard, and that's not a knock on Cam Brate, although Brate doesn't look quite as what he used to be. He's been very good in the red zone. So I, you know, I wish I could answer it. I don't know. I mean, we haven't, we didn't see OJ Howard or Scotty Miller in that Carolina game, from what I recall, until the game was out of hand. That doesn't mean that they don't have intentions on using either of them, because I think it would behoove them to do so, especially OJ Howard uh, against this Eagles team in particular. I just don't know if, you know, they have any intentions of doing it and they're hiding them, or were they, you know, giving them some, some reps late in that game in preparation? I, it's hard to think along with them, and I think that's what they want. I don't think they want us to be able to think along with them. So uh, I hope so, though, because, you know, if they're going to put double Gronk, you know, I think O.J. Howard's more likely to have success uh, at this point in his career than, than Cam Braid, assuming that O.J. is healthy. And I, I don't know. I mean, he's been used so sparingly. I don't know if O.J.'s 100%. You would think he would be by now, though. So I hope Yeah. So. So in that game against the Eagles, he had seven targets. Um, that's more than double against any other game he's had this year. His most other than that was three. He's had six grabs against the Eagles. His other high in a year was against New Orleans with two and Miami with two. And then he had 49 yards, which is by far the most this year. His high before that was 21 against Atlanta. And then he had a touchdown as well, and that's obviously – his high as well because it's 
well, his only touchdown this year. So you look and, you know, there there's signs of life from OJ. It is out there. Uh, will we get it? I, I've got to say, i got to say this, you know, Tones, i got to say, you know, I know he's not popular amongst Bucks fans for several reasons, but, you know, you look at the beginning of last season and it looked like him and Brady had such a good rapport going for those first four games, including the game he got hurt. He misses all that time. I know you lose practice time with your quarterback. You know, you're injured and you come back this year. You know, you get yourself back in there and you, all of a sudden you're not part of the office. I, I just find it hard to believe that he suddenly has, you know, him and Brady are totally off the same page now and that he's totally not worthy of getting snaps. And we know how talented he is physically. And what he showed, you know, in those, I know only four games, but those first four games with Brady last season was more productive than the prior year and Arian's first year here. And he had his moments uh, more so under Dirk in the prior seasons. So I just find it uh, very surprising, you know, unless he's just suddenly, you know, has nothing left. And was 27 years old, 26. And he suddenly, you know, just has a degenerate knee condition or something. I find it hard to believe that he can't be utilized a bit more than they have, especially given what we're lacking in terms of Godwin being out and obviously AB no longer with us. I told my brother, I think OJ Howard would be a tremendous pickup for the Colts on a cheap proof it deal next year because they need some targets. They need a tight end and he has potential still. I agree with you cats. I think that uh, I find it hard to believe that he's lost all football ability. Sure. He's had an up and down career in Tampa. He's had an injury prone career in Tampa, but he's showing flashes of his potential. And it's not like he's been a slouch his whole time. Like you said, when, uh, you know, before he got hurt last year, he's looking fantastic. So uh, really unfortunate. We'll see what could happen here. Um, it, before we ask a um, couple questions here, we just got a comment. We will see how good uh, Byron really is. I agree with you guys. I believe we got to get creative. Brady may drive the thinking pops. That is true. X's and O's chatter. Uh, Bucko, any, any X's and O's talk to point out here uh, heading into the Eagles game? It, it's just it's so elementary facing this team. It's just 100% assignment football, gap discipline football, not getting caught watching the paint dry, so to speak. You know, you you can't be tricked by initial motion and things of that nature. They do a lot of misdirection, a lot of counters, a lot of, you know, naked boots. You have to be strong in your gap discipline and not get washed down the line. If we can do that, which we've done – a lot, except for against the Jets. Uh, we've done it very well this entire season. So as long as we keep it, it really has to be just simple, stupid. Simple, stupid on offense. Take what they're going to give you. Catch the damn football and and be disciplined on defense. And they're very, very beatable. They cannot just drop back and throw it with precision and beat you like how the Rams or the Packers or somebody would give us a problem. This team is not one we should struggle with. I agree there. Uh, we should beat him. It is a playoff, so every game is a nail-biter. But this is, you know, a team we should beat. And you look at the Eagles, and, you know, before the year, they Nick Sirianni, and he was making some weird comments, and a lot of people doubted him. And they ended up making the playoffs pretty good surprise here, had a winning record. But they only beat one team with a winning record all season, and that was the Saints. And I know the Saints made us look how we look. But, you know, that that's just a couple games, and we should – we should be fine. Cody, what's your X's and O's insight uh, before we get to score predictions and one big thing and walk out of here? Well, we kind of touched on already with your dad is the 
the creativity. We got to do, I think Ledyard had it. We'd seen it. Me and Buck and I talked about it. We've run mesh a few times for anybody who doesn't know what mesh is. It's basically just crossers. You're creating picks. Um, the Rams are expert at it. Rams, Saints, really good at it. Misdirection. Um, we did it uh, last game, I believe. Got Mike Evans wide open. And that's the sort of things we're going to have to do. Like when you have A.B., Godwin, Mike Evans, they're all healthy, Gronk. You know, Biden just say go out there and be elite and beat your guy. And more times than not, that's what's going to happen. But when when you're down to just Mike, who's I'm, I'm assuming Mike and Gronk probably get doubled more times than not. Like we're going to have to we're going to have to help them out. You, you got to do what you can to help them out. There's the rub routes, little things. And, and it goes back to what Kat said, too. They, they're already not going to want the big play. That's what they, they scheme against. So we just got to be patient. But there's ways you can do it. You don't have to take deep shots to get down the field quick like you. You know, create space. There, there's so many things we can do. I want to see that. And, you know, versus Philly, just stack the box. That Their wide receivers shouldn't scare us at all. And the quarterback definitely shouldn't scare us at all. The, the only one on their team that worries me a little bit is the tight end and then Hurts running. But, you know, other than that, it, it's it's a bad matchup for them. So, as far as this week, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. But, yeah, next week, I think, you know, we, we, we're definitely going to have to get creative. We're going to play some really good defenses and. You can't just expect Mike to go beat double coverage all game or Gronk to go beat double coverage all game. You're going to have to, and you know, Grayson, assuming he comes back, he's Grayson. Perryman is Perryman's third team this year. You can't expect them to go out there and be elite. They're not elite players. So it's going to be interesting to see how we operate going forward. I'm looking forward to it. And that's why I was alluding to, you know, it's, it's not about the play, the amount of snaps they play or the little plays they make. It's, it's a quality play. Perryman, Scotty Miller, those type of guys obviously aren't the top of the top. Nothing against them. They're good role players. But it's just about the creativity to get them one or two big plays of the game that you could remember them making that true difference. And I remember you were sharing some uh, videos of film from the last game. On a couple of the best Bucks plays, you see Gronk double covered like peanut butter and jelly. So, um, you know, you expect that every play pretty much at this point. You expect Evans pretty much at this point to get double teamed, and then they're going to try and, you know, force some pepper football. They're going to try and force you to check down or throw to guys who you're unfamiliar with, like the Graysons, the Pyramids, the Tyler Johnsons of the world. So we'll ultimately end up seeing what happened. But I enjoyed that. We're going to get get a little more into X's and O's here as we propel through the Bucketeers. And we do hope this offseason to do some actual film studies and whatnot uh, Cody had a good idea and uh, mentioned that. So we hope to bring you guys some things we've seen from the Bucks this year. We're going to go through their regular season and postseason games. And, uh, you know, we might make pods about some good things we see or um, interesting things we see as far as film breakdown, coverages, and uh, X's and O's in general and whatnot. So good to see there. Um, before we get into score predictions, Cleveland Me has one. Marco says Fournette has been big this year in the passing game too. Oh yeah, I mean <coughs> Fournette's been big all around. He's he's been big all around. You you can't sell his value short at all. I mean you know he won us the game against Indianapolis. He, his hands looked like his rookie year hands in Jacksonville when he had almost 80 catches. Lenny F looked like a dominant player before the injury. I expect nothing less than a dominant. Player coming back. Cats, what say you quick as we got their X's and O's on uh, Lenny F in the passing game? Yeah, agreed on Lenny F. Um, you know, he cut a lot of passes this year. Uh, you know, and he's shown that he can make you miss in the open field when he does. And another thing, you know, 
in looking back at this Carolina game and the whole season, really, when the Bucs, you can't, obviously, you cannot run a hurry up offense the whole game. I get it. But when the Bucs have started games like that, it's benefited them more often than not, other than that second New Orleans game. And just because it doesn't work in a certain game against a very tough opponent doesn't mean you stop doing it. Now, they did stop doing it in the ensuing two games, as I recall, and early in the Carolina game, they didn't do it either. However, they then went to it as we progressed in that first half, and sure enough, had some success with it, and they integrated it in the second half as well. So that's how you should start a game. Uh, I hope they do that because it's been so good for them. You know, you script those plays. You keep the defense from being able to rotate players in and out. Uh, and, you know, I hope we see some more of that because when it's when they've used it, more, most of the time they've been very successful with it. Brady loves that. He always did in New England. I talked to a friend of mine who's been a Pats fan forever, and he said they would do that so often they would come out early and use that up tempo offense or he's just kind of you know changing the plays at the line calling the plays in the huddle you know you might obviously Leftwich is going to give him plays you know choose it in the huddle but going with the hurry up offense benefits you so much early in a game especially yeah I'd like to see them do that a little more see how that looks see see if uh you know how, how that goes jump start us get us out to a good lead and never look back Hopefully that could be the recipe to this weekend, um, especially and the and throughout the playoffs. That would be that be good because, like you pointed out, we have looked really strong at times doing that. I got a text. Um, can't really see your shirt. What is it? It's an NFL PAT. It's uh, Mike Evans. It's like him in a uh, I don't know. It's like action figure Mike Evans, Santa Claus, uh, bull crap. I don't know. I, I did it. You know, it goes to a good cause. So. That's a story on the T-shirt. Uh, my buddy texted me about it, but it's a Mike Evans NFL PA T-shirt. Score predictions and MVPs, fellas. Bucko, we'll start with you. Who you got? What's the score MVP of the ball game? Uh, score Tampa twenty-seven, Eagles sixteen. Uh, MVP for me is the entire tight end group. I expect OJ Gronk and Brake to make an impact on this game. I'm going to go ahead and say 13 catches between the three of them. Wow. And the tight end group is the MVP of this football game. I like that. I, I really do like that. And especially like we alluded to tight ends, we've seen OJ's usage against him. Obviously, um, you know, we hope he replicates that and we hope our whole tight end group as a whole has a big game. Uh, Cats. Score, MVP, you going with the tight ends or are you looking elsewhere? I, I was going to say Gronk. So, you know, even though, even if they're going to double team him a bit, I still think he's going to find a way to, to make an impact. Uh, so I'll go with Gronk. And I think Bucks win 30 to 20. 30 to 20. Okay. So we got a 10 point game and we got an 11 point game. We got a couple tight end mentions between the group as a whole and Gronk. Cody, you going with the tight end and you going with a 10 or 11 point game? Or are you thinking this thing shakes out different? I I do have, I do have it at 11. I'm thinking um, like 24, 13. Last I heard, it's supposed to be like 20 mile an hour, 30 mile an hour winds, 80% quarter inch of rain. So I think that's going to slow both teams down. And for that reason, I think Lenny has a huge game. I think he comes close or goes over hundred yards, has – I don't know, five, seven, eight catches, something like that. I like that one a lot because, you know, if it's raining out too, 
we're going to be looking to check it down more, do a little underneath pass, um, passing game a little more. So I, I like where everyone's heads at 10, 11 point games, tight ends, running backs. I'm actually going to go with, um, you know, Bucks. I'm going to go with 30 to 22. I'm going to go with the eight point game. Vegas is a weird way of working scores. And we've seen Washington stick around a little bit last year. I feel like this could be one of those games where we're always in command. We're always in control. We're always winning the game, but Philly's playing pepper football from behind. They're able to score a little bit. Um, they're able to keep it close. So I got an eight point game. I know spreads eight and a half right now. Vegas knows something, I believe. 30 to 22. I do like the Bucks this weekend to win by eight. And my MVP of the game is going to be, uh, I think, JPP in his game back with Jalen Hurts, with that run game, with those, you know, they have one of the best tackles in football. How is our run D going to do? Levante might not be back. JPP is going to have to step up. He's going to have to make some plays for us. He's going to have to put his uh, hard hat on, help stop the run, help help go 9-0, help go 9-0 and and uh, bring it home. So one big thing in walk-off, fellas, before we get out of here. Cody, we'll start with you this evening, my friend. What's your one big thing? What's your walk-off heading into Sunday's playoff game against the Eagles? 1 o'clock, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are on the call on Fox. Uh. You know, it's still kind of surreal to me. It's been so long, so I'm just looking forward to it. I'm I'm confident in the game, and man, I've been a fan for I don't know since the mid '90s, '96. So the playoff games have been few and far between. So I'm just, you know, my expectations are high. You know, I I feel like we can. I want to win another Super Bowl, but like either way, we're in the playoffs after so many five win, four win, six win seasons. I'm just gonna have fun with it. Whatever happens, happens. We got a lot of injuries, but I'd never get I'd never ever bet against Brady in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. And I, I couldn't agree more, brother. After not making it since 07 and then making it back to back years, it's like, whoo, this is awesome. We gotta enjoy it. And we haven't had a home playoff game since two thousand seven either. So, you know, we really gotta take advantage of that and try and use our home field advantage to our advantage. I know the Super Bowl was in Tampa last year, but technically not a home game. So it is cool to have our first home playoff game in like 14 or 15 years. Now I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Cats, thanks for uh, bumbling in, joining us this evening. And uh, what say you? What's your one big thing and walk-off to look out for on Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern? Yeah, yeah I think obviously it's, it's very important. Um, you know, you control, but especially if, you know, weather should not be a factor because we're, you know, well, it could be, but Brady's played in just about every kind of weather. Uh, in the playoffs, especially when Jalen Hurts has never played a playoff game before. Uh, that's not to knock Jalen Hurts. But both lines of scrimmage, you got to win up front, and I think our offensive line is up for the task. Uh, regardless whether we're throwing the ball, running the ball, I think we can handle them at the point of attack, and that's going to be important to set what we want to do uh, You know, on that side of the ball. And I, like I said, regardless of who plays, I see us winning this one fairly comfortably. Uh, Eagles will make a little push, you know, kind of like Washington last year. But I don't think this one will be as close. And uh, fuck the Eagles always and forever. Their fans are cocksucking scumbags. I hate the ones that live here especially. I hope there's not too many there. And uh, I hope that uh, Rondé Barber leads the team out of the tunnel and flips them the bird. And fuck the birds and go Bucks.
Hey. Yeah, Philly sports fans, man. I, I love that rant, Cats. That was awesome. Philly sports fans, whether it's a Flyer fan, an Eagles fan, a Phillies fan, or anything sort of that nature is, uh, you know, more oftentimes, a, you know, not not a great person. But nonetheless, guys, uh, my one big thing or walk-off for Sunday is watch. Watch how we adapt to the weather if it is raining, if, if uh, you know, conditions aren't the best. Watch to see the Bucks. It, it, they're going to change your game plan. Uh, watch them adapt and watch them succeed. Our O-line is going to do fantastic, whether it's pass first or run first come Sunday. So I have the utmost confidence in our O-line and our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, with, the, with that being said, it's been another fantastic Bucketeers uh, Stunning never ended up joining us. That's okay. We know he was a busy man tonight. We'll get him in on Tuesday's show, hopefully. Again, program alert. Tuesday night, live on the Bucketeers, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. J.C. Allen, our right-hand man from the Pewter Report. Great friend of the show's fantasy football foe this year. He's going to be joining us to talk Bucks football, hopefully celebrating the win against the Eagles and, uh, you know, not wrapping up our season. But nonetheless, guys, program and note as well, throughout the remainder of the playoffs, every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll be able to catch the Bucketeers. Tuesday, we'll be recapping the game before, and Thursday, we'll be looking ahead. And if it's after the Super Bowl, which it will be, or if it's, you know, if we do lose early, the Thursday one will just be a season recap show. So we're hoping it's a dang Super Bowl. But Tuesday and Thursday, you'll be able to catch the Bucketeers, the duration of the playoffs on Tuesday. J.C. Allen, Pewter Report, can't beat it right here. Bucketeers, 8 Central, 9 Eastern on behalf of Cody, Cats, Bucko, Tampa Tones, and Mr. Stunna. It's been the Bucketeers. We're looking forward to being back with you next week, hopefully celebrating a playoff win against Philly. As always, go Bucks. Ain't that right, Cody? Go Bucks. Fire the damn cannons, everybody. Until next time.